Glad that you're here today. It's good to see Dale with us today. Dale, glad to have you back from North Dakota. It's cold up there, right? That's why he's here with us. I'd be here too if I were living up in that cold country. (laughs) It's good to see you. Glad you guys are all here today as we continue on uh, looking in this series in the book of Ruth. Uh, just so you know, I, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. In the first service, we had a Beth Couch joined our church in the first service, and she attends one of the Bible studies right now. So if you see Beth in the next couple of weeks, you get to say, welcome to the church family. All right. And uh, glad that she's a part of the church family officially now and as a member. All right. We're looking at Ruth. We're going to carry on. We started this series last week, a story of love and loyalty. I, I dare ask this question, but anybody can remember the key word from last week? There was one key word. I know you're not going to get it. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were in the first service. Yeah. <laughs> you're the only one that remembers it. The key word was choices. Choices, remember? Did you say it, Kyle? Yeah, uh, well, Kyle, you know, you, you didn't say it. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you say it in your mind, it doesn't count, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> All right. It counts in. The word was choices. Many of you came up to me afterwards and said, hey, I've never seen Ruth chapter one in that regards, in that direction. And I just, I, I wanted to bring out that everyone in that chapter had choice to make. And there were different choices and and consequences with the choices. But we saw ultimately God's choice to love us and show his loyalty to us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And we're going to carry on today in this theme, but we're going to another word today. The word is kindness. And so the title of the message today is kindness goes a long way. Have you ever heard that phrase? All right. Kindness goes a long ways. Okay. And we're going to look at that today, and we're going to come back to that that theme in just a second. But let me go ahead and read Ruth chapter 2 so we can get a context of where we're headed and what we're talking about today. Listen as I read. You can follow in your Bibles. I encourage you to do that, or on the screens, either one. Now, there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth said to Naomi, let me go out into the fields to gather leftover grain behind anyone who will let me do it. And Naomi said, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind her, the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. And the harvesters replied, the Lord bless you. And Boaz asked the foreman, who is that girl over there? And the foreman replied, she is a young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. And she has been uh, hard at work ever since, except for a few moments rest there in the shelter. Boaz went over to Ruth and said, listen, my daughter, stay right here with with us when you gather grain. Don't go to the other fields. Stay right behind the women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to bother you. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. Why are you being so kind to me? She asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about the love and kindness that you have shown your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and your mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, 
reward you fully. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I was not as worthy as your workers. And at lunchtime, Boaz called her, come over here and help yourself to some of the food. You can dip your bread into the wine if you'd like. So she sat with the harvesters and, and Boaz gave her food more than she could eat. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her and pull out some of the heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it came to about a half a bushel. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law, Ruth, and also gave her the food that was left over from lunch. Naomi exclaimed, So much? There, where, where did you gather the grain today? Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who has helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. And she said, the man I worked with today is named Boaz. May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of the closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. And then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with the harvesters until the entire harvest is complete. Wonderful, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said. Stay with his workers right through the whole harvest. You will be safe there, unlike in other fields. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of barley harvest. And then she worked with them through the wheat harvest also. But all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Kindness goes a long way. We know that. We've heard that. But the reality is, kindness is one of those words that it's hard to define sometimes. What does kindness really mean? And so I looked it up in the dictionary. And, and by the way, kind and kindness have the exact same definition. Here's what it is. Having or showing a friendly, generous, and considerate nature. Having or showing a friendly, generous, and considerate nature. If you take that definition, it's kind of a generic definition, if you will, in, in, in explaining kindness, anybody can be kind if they try. The last part's the key, right? <laughs> I was talking to one of our members this week, and, and uh, she was talking about somebody in her life, and she says, but the problem is she's so mean right now. And meanness is kind of the opposite of kindness. Kindness. Anybody can be kind according to that definition. You know, it's interesting. We, kind, that, that word, we use it a lot. And in fact, nowadays, we, we even use it for food. Did you know that? There's food called kind. Isn't that crazy? I mean, man, I wish I would have come up with that idea, you know? Oh, let me just take a word that we all use, kind, and name it food, all right? And by the way, this is the best, you know, chocolate and peanut butter. You cannot go wrong with chocolate and peanut butter, right? You know, I mean, I tell you, chocolate and peanut So, so you take a food that we love to eat and you call it kind, you know, and the kindness of my heart, maybe I would give it to somebody, right? Yeah. And the first service, they hollered out for it. So I threw it out there to somebody and you've already asked for it. So I'll give you one. <laughs> But not for you to be alone. I've got another one. How about that? 
So somebody over here has to have it. Yeah. How kind of me, huh? Don't let them know that there's still a box full back in there in my office. <laughs> I love that. Kind. I mean, food, kind. That's, that's where we've gotten to today, you know. And here's another thing. Did you know what was celebrated February 17th? Not 14th. Somebody in first service said Valentine's Day. No, not February 14th. What was celebrated February 17th last week? Anybody know? I think some of you heard it from the first service. That's not fair. (laughs) National Random Acts of Kindness Day. Now I know how many of you guys were kind that day too because you had no clue. (laughs) You had no clue that it was that day. We, have, we use kind all the time, and, and, and we like that word, and, and anybody can be kind, but I want us to go beyond that word kind today, because in this story, we're going to see people were kind, but in the end, we're going to see something even bigger, and it's the word hesed in, in, in the Hebrew, and the word hesed means loving kindness, loving kindness. It, it, it goes beyond just kind. Three different times in the book of Ruth, in chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, this word has said is used, loving kindness. And it's there to help us understand the faithful love of God in action. When we hear that word has said in the Old Testament, it's God's loving kindness expressed in his covenant relationship with the people of Israel. It's has said love, shown through action, devotion, concern, real concern. And each one of these characters in this little story that we're looking at today show kindness, but the kindness there is a different word has said is reserved only for God. But there's still kindness involved. And by the way, there's no English word for this. There, there's no English word for has said. And, and they, they put two words together, loving kindness. When they were translating the, and putting into English the, the King James Version, they come to this word and they think, what do we say? There is no English word for this. And so they create a word. They use the word loving and kind and put it together as loving kindness. And one Hebrew scholar says, I hate that word. He says, it doesn't, it, it's a made up word. It doesn't exist. I'm going to tell you something. I love that word. Because it distinguishes a great God we have. And we're trying to to give an explanation of an omnipotent God with our finite language. So he's so great, we have to create a new word for him. Loving kindness. God's covenant love and mercy and grace and goodness and loyalty and devotion to his people and to us today, his people. Loving kindness. Let's look at this today. Let's look at the idea of kindness in this chapter. The the different characters show different kindness. The first character that we see this this morning is Naomi, the kindness of Naomi, okay? So her daughter-in-law, Ruth, comes to her, verse 2, and says, hey, I need to go out in the fields. We're poor widows. We have nothing. We have no food. We have nothing. Let me go. You're too old. You can't do it. It'd be hard for you. I'm young. I'm able to do it. Let me go to the fields and let me uh, glean from the fields. Now, we need to stop and understand something here that's really important. Ruth is asking for Naomi's blessing, okay? This is very important in that day and time to have the blessing. 
that, that she would not go ahead of her mother-in-law. She, and Ruth gives her that blessing. This is so important. We don't get this today, but um, many of you know I grew up in the country of Brazil, and, and, and there's something similar to this in Brazil. In Brazil, you would never leave the house without saying goodbye to your mom and dad first. You go and you, you kiss them and say goodbye, even if you're just going down the street to do something real quick. In fact, they use the word da benção. In English means give a blessing. That's the whole idea there. That, that you would ask for that blessing before you would leave the house. My, my wife, Claudia, had a hard time when the, our daughters got to, got to where they were in high school, had their own cars, because all of a sudden they'd just jump in their car and take off, and they go, where'd they go? They didn't say goodbye. They didn't get the blessing. Because that's part of our culture. That's part of what we grew up with. But we as Americans, we just, we go anywhere, you know? Hop in the car, and halfway there we'll remember, oh, I forgot to tell so-and-so where I'm going, and what do we do? We text it. We don't even call anymore. We just text, hey, I'm at such and such place. Be back in such and such time, maybe, you know. <laughs> Naomi wanted the blessing, and Ruth gives that blessing because it's so important. Remember also the reason that she needed this blessing, here's another reason, is because she's a Moabite woman in a Hebrew land. She is a foreigner, and she wants to be covered by the blessing of Naomi. She wants to follow Naomi's lead because Naomi is the Israelite, and she is not. So important for us to see that, that she gives her the blessing. Naomi wants another thing for Ruth. She wants protection. So we go to the end of the chapter, and when she returns from gleaning in the fields, you see verses 20 to 22, you see that she is excited she sees that there's, there's a new attitude. Do you remember the, how we finished with uh, Naomi last week? She changed her name from Naomi to Mara, which means she's bitter. She's bitter. She's a bitter woman. But when you get to these verses at the end of chapter 2, she has a new attitude. She goes from bitter to blessing. Wow, you've come back with so much. Where did you glean today? And she tells, it's a field of Boaz, and she gets all excited and even says, may the Lord bless him. She goes from bitterness to blessing. Why does she have an attitude change? Why are her words different? Because she knows something that Ruth doesn't know about how she's, he's the kinsman redeemer. And we'll get into that next week. But how he can provide protection for Ruth. Because that's what she wants. In verses 21 and 22, it goes on. And, and he says, even what's more is he said for me to come back and, and stay with his group and stay in his fields. And he gave me food and he gave me all kinds of stuff. And, and what you see here in Naomi is there's not even just new words on her lips with a new attitude. But there is a new hope in her life. She is no longer going to be a widow that, that is going to be down and out and cast aside. There is new hope. Why? Because Boaz is a relative, because of what Boaz did, because of what he said to Ruth. She knows that now Ruth will be protected. But this all starts with the kindness of Naomi, who says, yes, you have my blessing. Go glean the fields. Then we see the, the kindness of Ruth. The kindness of Ruth. And before we get into the kindness of Ruth, I want to I highlight something in verse 3 that's really interesting to me. Verse 3, it says that Ruth goes to the fields of Boaz by chance or happens to go into the fields of Boaz. Let me ask you a question. 
Do you really think that happened by chance? Do you really think that it just was a coincidence in life that she ended up in Boaz's field? Do you really believe that she just got lucky that day and that was the closest field and she walked into it? Absolutely not. Now, I was corrected after the first service because I said there's nowhere in the Bible that says that the word coincidence or chance, but I found out there is. Ecclesiastes 9.11, I didn't remember that one, talks about the word chance. But the reality is in God's understanding, there really is no chance because here's what we need to remember. In the words of the Bible that we talk about God, it's his providence. And if you don't know what that word means, basically it means he's in control of everything. He is in control. It wasn't by chance, or it wasn't just that she happened to go to that field. God designed it from the very beginning of the foundation of the world that she would go to that field that day. Right? God is in control. And you know what? We ought to love that. You know why? Because that means he's watching over you and me. Isn't that great? In God's providence, he's he's like a a father or a grandfather watching his child or grandchild. that's, That's the loving kindness of our heavenly father. Right? And by the way, when you begin to think about Ruth and the kindness of Ruth, verse 11 says that everything she had done up to this point for her mother-in-law was now public knowledge. People knew about it. Look at when Boaz interacts with her, she says, well, why are you being so kind to me? And he responds and he says, I know all about you. I know you're a foreigner, but you also, your reputation has gone before you. Your love and your kindness that you've shown to your mother-in-law, that you would give up your father and your mother and your own country to come to another land. Your reputation has gone before you and your reputation is that of kindness. Which remember last week, what we said about Moabite women? They were very loose morally. Moabite women were not known for their kindness. Moabite women were were known for their loose morals. And yet this Moabite woman was totally different. She is known for her love and her kindness. Uh, Here's one of the ways she shows her kindness. She cares for Naomi so much that she provides food for Naomi. Okay, we know she's gathering in the field, but then also look at verse 18. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. That's all the the barley she got. Ruth also gave her the food that was left over from her lunch. Remember, Boaz invited her to lunch, and he served her himself, and, and he says, here, eat as much as you want, and she's eating away. Remember, this is probably the first time she's eaten a real good meal in a long, long time. And yet in her heart and in her mind, she's thinking, I'll eat some, but I'm going to leave some for Naomi. You know, that brings up a good dilemma for me. Just yesterday, I went to lunch with my daughter. And, you know, when you go to restaurants here in America, they give you way too much food. Never try to eat everything on your plate, you know. In fact, I used to do this more often than I do now. I used to just have them bring me a to-go box right as they brought my food. And I would put half of it into the deco box. Well, yesterday, they, I should have done the same thing. I ate about half of it, and there's half of it left. And I bring it home, and what do we do? We put it in the refrigerator. But here's my dilemma. With leftovers, do you share it or not? <laughs> you know? I mean, come on. It was good the first time. It's going to be good the second time. Do I share it with Claudia 
Or do I just say, oh, no, there wasn't that much left over. I'll eat it later. You know, that's always been my dilemma. Do you share? Left and I think the dilemma is solved and settled right here, isn't it? Ruth tells us how to deal with it. <laughs> she, she thinks of Naomi while she's eating lunch. How many of you think of your mother-in-law when you're eating lunch? <laughs> I'm not going to even go whatever I heard over here. <laughs> I'm surprised she even had leftovers. I mean, seriously, as, long, as hungry as she would have been, I'm surprised. She shows that, that kindness to her mother-in-law. Here's another way. This, this one's an interesting one. She reminds Boaz that she is a foreigner. Now, that one sounds odd, doesn't it? Verse 10. Why are you being so kind to me? I'm a foreigner. She's reminding Boaz. She, she's reminding, say, Boaz, I, I'm not worth it. You know, I'm, I'm a Moabite. Why are you being kind to me? You, you Just remember, I'm a Moabite. You don't have to do any of this for me. I am not part of the covenant is what she's saying because I'm not an Israelite. He didn't have to treat her kindly. He didn't have to do anything for her. But he does. And she's like saying, hey, listen, I would totally understand if you totally ignore me and, and don't speak to me or anything. Like that. I, why are you doing all this? this? You don't have to. She's kindly reminding him of who she is. And he says, I don't care. I'm still going to be kind to you. I love the kindness of Ruth and how she shares where we should be. I, I don't know about you. You know, if, if I were Ruth at that moment when he's being kind, I'd man, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, you know. <laughs> He's being kind to me. I'm getting all this food. I'm getting all these leftovers. I'm getting all this water. I'm getting everything. I'm just going to take it in. But yet she says, hey, you don't have to by law. You don't have to be kind to me. And then there's the kindness of the foreman. Yeah, even the foreman, who's only mentioned one time in the, in the whole Bible, there's the kindness of the foreman. Listen to him. He, he, is, he, gets, he lets Ruth glean in the fields. Now, let me just stop for a moment and explain this. Because this idea of gleaning in the fields was only found in the Israelite culture. None of the other cultures around them had any idea of gleaning the fields. It was something that God had set up for people like Ruth, the foreigner, the, the poor, the down and out. Look at, listen to Leviticus chapter 19, verses 9 and 10. It says this, When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields, and do not pick up what the harvesters have dropped. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners who live among you. If, if, if I may, this is God's welfare system. That's what it is. Okay, so two things when they're harvesting the field, the, the, the landowner tells his people to do two things. One is don't go back in a second time. You know, I, I'm not a farmer, never grew up on a farm. But, you know, sometimes when you're harvesting a field, you don't get it all the first round through. And he said, and the, and the law said, don't go back a second time. And the other is in the corners of the fields, don't glean, just kind of go around the corners and leave the corners. Why? Because that way you will help provide for the people that are poor, the people who are foreigners among you, those who may be just traveling through. This is a, a law of God to allow help for those who need it. But you know what? Not always did they do it. I mean, it was the law, but let's face it, not everybody obeys by the law, right? And sometimes the, the, the foreman would say, hey, the price of the market's good today. We need to get all of it. Go back a second time. Or maybe the price of the market is bad and we need to get all of it and so go back a second time. They didn't have to obey the law. They could have broken the law. And you know that many times it was broken. 
but he allowed Ruth to glean. He didn't even have to let her glean because she was a Moabite. He could have said, no, 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 we're full. We got too many gleaners already. Go to another field. But he allows her, the kindness of his heart, he allows her to glean. And then the second part of that one is he doesn't bother her. He leaves her alone. By the understanding of the story, you, can under, you, you see that many times the, the harvesters and the people in the fields would bother those widows or those uh, poor people. They would give them a hard time and sometimes even abuse the women as well. And he made sure that he didn't do it and that nobody else was doing it. The kindness of the foreman. And then we get to Boaz, kind of the key person we're just introduced to him in this chapter. The kindness of Boaz, he's a wealthy man, an influential man, a godly man. He's a part of the family of Elimelech, and he shows kindness in two very key ways to Ruth. First of all, his initial kindness is that he treats her with great respect. He speaks kindly to her. In fact, I would use the word here, you might want to jot it out there, encourage. He encouraged her. Can you imagine how down and out she probably was? I mean, a foreigner in a different land. Gleaning in the field, she's poor, she's living with her mother-in-law. She's, you know, she's way down here. She's, she's discouraged, and he speaks kindly to her. He doesn't even have to talk to her, and he speaks kindly to her and encourages her, lifts her spirits. No expectation that he would even treat her at all, and if he did treat her in any way, he could treat her as harshly as he wanted, and that's not the way he did it. And then not only his initial kindness, but his extended kindness, because he goes on for provision and protection. Notice what he does. He gives her a meal. He serves her personally at the meal. Wow. Going way beyond what he'd have to do. He tells her, if you get thirsty, go get the water out of the bucket over here. You need to understand that's important because in that day and time, if you didn't have the water right with you, you had to go back to the well, which could be a couple of miles away, and draw the water yourself. All the while, you're missing the opportunity to glean from the field. And he says, you don't need to do that. You get water out of here. He provides shelter. He tells her to stay with the ladies. He protects her. <laughs> he doesn't have to do any of this because she's a foreigner, but he does all of this, and, and she eats until she's full for probably the first time in weeks she's ever been full. And then he tells his, his workers, you drop some of the stuff along the way right where she is. I, I love that. Can you imagine her? She's coming along after lunch, and she's, man, all of a sudden, man, these guys are lazy or something. They're dropping stuff everywhere. This is great, man. She's picking it all up. And it says that she got a, a half of bushel or an ephah. And I got to tell you, I've had a lot of struggle trying to figure out exactly how much this is because different scholars uh, have different ideas of how much this exactly is. But some scholars believe it's somewhere between 25 and 30 pounds is what she ended up with that day. That's a lot of barley and very much more than normal. But can I just say it this way? Isn't that what God does to us? He gives us way beyond what we deserve. You know, he promises that he will take care of what we need, right? He says, I will take care of your needs. But you and I know very well, we're sitting here today, and he has blessed us way beyond what we deserve. That's the kind of God he is. He loves us that way. And before we go on to the next one, let me just add this one last little part about Boaz. A lot of people want to see this as a romantic relationship right here, Okay. I want to help you understand. Next week, we'll talk about the, what ends up being part of the romantic relationship between them. But at this point, Boaz is an older man, sees a younger woman, and realizes who she is, and he's related to her 
through Elimelech and says, it's my responsibility to care for her and to show kindness to her. And that's where it ends at this point, okay? Don't try to make it a relationship of love and romance until it actually becomes one, okay? So we'll see that later on. Then we come to the kindness of God, the kindness of God. You see, when has said love is talked about in God, it always means his covenant love and loyalty. His covenant loyalty to the Israelite people and his covenant love to all of us, even to today. That's what it talks about. When it talks about his has said love, how much he truly, truly loves us. But then I wanted to take you a step beyond because it's not just his Old Testament has said love. He shows his ultimate loving kindness when he gives us Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? Amen. The fullness of all has said love of God is shown when he gives us Jesus Christ. John 1.14 says it this way. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the son of the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. That's Hesed love, that he would send his son for us. And by the way, Hesed love is, is, is a one-way love. It's love without an exit strategy is how one man put it. You love no matter what the other person is doing, whether they're loving back or not loving back. You love no matter what. And when we get to the New Testament, it begins to teach us that same kind of love. It's not the word Hesed, it's Christos, because it's a different language. But that love that loving kindness is found in the New Testament, right? Galatians chapter 5, anybody remember? You see, it's love in action. And it says, and the fruit of the Spirit will be love, joy, peace, patience, and what? Love in action, kindness. That's what we're called to do. So let me finish with these two questions this morning. I want to ask you this morning, have you personally received the Lord's has said love towards you. That great love that he sent his son to die on the cross for your personal sins. Have you personally received that? Now, I'm not talking about have you gone to church all your life? Have you grown up in church? I don't know. Maybe you've even been baptized, but have you truly received God's love, has said love in a relationship? Because that's the most important thing you needed to understand beyond anything else that he loves you and sent his son to die for you. 1 John 4, 10, 11 says it this way, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be our propitiation for our sins. And then look at this. Beloved, if God loves us so much like that, we also then ought to love one another. And that's my second question for you. Will you show loving kindness towards others? Have you received it? And are you living it? That's what we need to be doing. God's great love towards us, in us, shown towards others. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord, once again, you have shown yourself in your word in such a marvelous way. Lord, I thank you for your has said love. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and my sins. And for each in this room, Lord. Thank you so much for that love. 
And Lord, you teach us to receive that love and then to live that love. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that those of us who call ourselves your followers, that even when we leave this room, we will show the fruit of the Spirit called kindness, love, and action because of what you've done for us first. Our lives are changed. Lord, thank you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you stand, let's sing to the Lord. All right, we're going to sing our way.